our belief is that the best way to learn how to code and how to do programming is to actually write code and learn by doing. That changes the way that you consume information basically from the learning platform. The AI assistant doesn't tell them, okay, here's the final answer. It just tells them, here is uh, something you might have done wrong. Maybe look at this part of your code and try to understand, maybe you need to fix something over here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. Our guest today is Martin Mirakian, founder and CEO of Profound Academy, an educational platform that helps institutions deliver a personalized computer science education for their students. We spoke about how the platform utilizes an interactive approach to education and their AI assistant, which provides personalized help to students when they're struggling with a question. Thank you for listening. Martin, thank you so much for coming today. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's start with a little bit of your background. Uh, tell us where you grew up, where you went to school, and how you got into the, the IT world. Oh, yeah. I was born in Armenia, Yerevan. So I went to school in IUP High School, where I first got introduced to computer science in general. At first, I didn't know anything about it. Uh-huh. So uh, during the first interview, when they were like uh, getting you to know, uh, and like the first exam of like getting to the school they were asking like what do you know about like computer science you want to become a programmer like do you know even any languages and i didn't know any so i couldn't even tell like cc plus plus like even not the names Mm -hmm. so after that like during the next couple of years i started like getting really involved and the good part was that over there there were a couple of people that were really involved in it so they were the ones that were guiding most of the process so I started getting into competitive programming. I don't know if you know about it, but it's like, like basically, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Olympia's like competing with each other. Yeah. And like uh, that like competitive spirit was like really motivational, mm-hmm. I guess. So, and after graduating from IP High School, I got into the university, which was the American University of Armenia. And then for the master's, I got to the... Uh, Polytechnic University of uh, Lisbon, which is in Portugal. So, yeah, but in the meantime, while I was doing my bachelor's, I was also, at first, I got introduced to, like, machine learning stuff, like a little bit of neural networks at Pixar. Okay. As far as I remember, they were doing, like, an... Like style transfer and things like that. Uh, yeah, but like the way they got us into that was that they came to our university and like just said, okay, we're doing a seminar, then we will do some trainings. And I remember machine learning was kind of like a cool buzzword back then, which not that many people knew about yeah. it. So I was like pretty interested in that. So I went and started their trainings. And then after a couple of months, I think they offered the job over there. So we started working. And then after a while, I moved to a little bit more research oriented like field, basically like getting into the research area mm-hmm. of the machine learning. Uh, Yerevan and uh, Yerevan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we started doing research over there, and then after that, I went to do my master's, where I continued in the direction of machine learning, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, basically got more involved in it. And uh, yeah. after finishing it, got back here. What was your focus at Yerevan, and uh, what area were you? Uh, was your research in? There were a couple of projects. So the one of the most interesting ones was like um, natural language processing related. So we were working on understanding how to better represent words. 
uh, in language models, uh, how to represent them as like vector mm -hmm. representations, basically like how to better represent words as numbers right. to make it more easy for computers to understand all, our language. Right. So that was one of the projects. And uh, I think it was also the capstone project for the AUA. To your master's. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was like a good combination of two in one. So, right. Right. yeah, but other than that, uh, there were also projects related to um, bio field, mm -hmm. also some uh, projects with, um, I think uh, it was something related to like coloring as well, but like uh, they were a little bit smaller and like more uh, shorter, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. More most of the focus for Yerevan at that point was like natural language processing, as far as I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then from there you went on to Lisbon and did your masters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, while doing my masters, it was mostly focused on. So basically, the final project was um, how to automate the process of designing neural networks. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you try to design a neural network, you would basically like code all the blocks in there and then do the training for that neural net. But we were trying to automate that process, like to remove the human from the loop, basically. Right. But it's like a really, really difficult process. Yeah. So it's very hard to get some results in there. And most of them are very random. So yeah, there are a lot of challenges yeah. in there. <laughs> and then from there, did you start working or did you jump right into Profound Academy and started your company? I think it was both at the same time. So uh, while I was doing my fi final like thesis, I started to teach uh, competitive programming back in IPI school. Mm -hmm. So I basically took a very small group of students and started to train practice competitive programming problems mm -hmm. with them. And at that time, I realized that I need some kind of platform to like automate the process of like homeworks and all that stuff so yeah. that they are able to go in there like submit their work and i don't have to do anything to check right. it <laughs> so basically i automated that part and started teaching with that like the first versions to be honest of the platform were like really terrible yeah. <laughs> like, it was, and they were experimented on <laughs> students. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it was like i spent probably like two weeks of rolling out the first version and I had to use it because yeah. I already had the classes. Right. <laughs> so it was like basically forced going to right. production as <laughs> yeah. soon as possible. That's a good uh, good thing to, good catalyst to get your product out. Oh guess, yeah, right? yeah, for yeah. sure. And then we yeah. iterated a lot from yeah. there and like, yeah. yeah. So tell us what is Profound Academy? Yeah, so right now we help uh, universities and schools to teach computer science and we help them to make sure that they deliver the best in-depth knowledge as possible. Mm -hmm. Let's get one level down like okay. that, to understand yeah. what's, what it is and like how we actually do that. So um, our belief is that the best way to learn how to code and how to do programming is to actually write code and like mm -hmm. learn by doing. So the platform enables you to dive into code as much as possible and write uh, code, do a lot of mistakes, submit, see the answers and get instant feedback right there so that really helps students when they start learning so the way they do it is just they go select the course and they start progressing one by one through all the levels and uh, progress uh, through all the rankings they see mm -hmm. all their progress basically 
And uh, the platform does all the heavy lifting for like checking, giving feedback, showing them their progress and like uh, motivating them in the meantime. Uh, all that is done automatically by the platform. So in that spirit, when you look at what the teachers are doing, we basically automate a lot of like mundane work that they have to do. Imagine right now, a lot of universities and schools when they do computer science, the way the homeworks work is they hand out the homework, then students go home, they solve the homework, they bring back in a couple of days. Then uh, in about a week, the teacher has already graded it, then the teacher gives the homework back. And in that meantime, students usually forget what they have written as, as a homework and the feedback is kind of like old yeah. already. So um, in our platform, that feedback is instant. Right? So it's like right there. And if the students have the questions, like they don't, they're a little bit stuck. They don't know how to progress this little part, how to fix their errors. They can either ask in the forum to like get some answer from their peers or ask the AI assistant, mm -hmm. which is uh, thankfully ChatGPT is pretty good with like assisting students right now. So right. Um, yeah, it helps a lot. Right. Does it also, does the platform also have lessons for learning things from scratch or is it mostly intended for practice and homework and assignments? Oh yeah, it, it's both theoretical and practical. So it takes you from complete beginner to pretty advanced places. Mm -hmm. So students start from the very, very beginning, like they don't know anything. Um, complete zero understanding about programming, how to write code, even how to like um, interact with the uh, website. But soon they progress to like pre advanced places, mm -hmm. pre advanced understanding of the programming language and some algorithms, data structures and other fields. Yeah. Okay. And what languages are on the platform? And, and is it just computer science related or is it uh, more broad in, in its scope? We are currently focusing mostly on the computer science niche to make mm -hmm. sure that we really, really like do a good job with delivering yeah. the best possible product for that. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in the future we might go broader to STEM uh, and we have some experiments like really cool ones, especially for math. Um, I can talk a little bit about yeah, that sure. as well. Tell us about it. Um, uh, but yeah, mostly it's computer science for now. And there are like many different languages that basically students can try, mm -hmm. uh, like C Sharp, Java, C++, Python, like, yeah. you name it. So yeah. they can try out with different languages. But for the courses that are publicly available, it's mostly Python. We're going to have some uh, JavaScript course released pretty soon as well. And they can learn some algorithms and data structures with any language that they want. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And right now, is it just for, you said there are publicly available courses, but... Um, how is the how is the platform structured? Is it for schools to use in their classrooms for their students, or can I, as an individual, go online and sign up as well? Yeah, we have both. Okay. So we try to make sure that anyone that has enough motivation to learn can go ahead and start learning on their own. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure that the schools and universities have the best tools possible to make sure that their students get uh, the best possible right. education. Mm -hmm. So we provide them with tools and we also provide them with content, which is fully customizable. So they can take any part of our course or even the full course if they want, and they can customize it to their needs. 
based on their curriculum and things like that. Yeah. Right. And they can add their content as well, or is it things that you have already? Yeah, 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 yeah. They can add anything. They can even extend course or create course from scratch. Mm -hmm. So they can do okay. basically yeah. anything on the platform that we can. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. So they can they can build like I don't know, IPES or FISMATS, like introduction to computer science class in the in the platform. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. I want to hear about the math thing, but before then, I'm curious about like your general um, your general approach to how to get students to not just learn, but also learn more effectively. Because on the website, I saw a lot of things like talking about like gamification, um, like practice based approaches, and things like that. What are so? What are those in general approaches, and why are they effective? Uh, yeah, uh, there are a couple of things that are gamified on the platform. So we don't try to make it as a game. So it's a little bit serious in terms of like the environment. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of things that really motivate the students. So the first one is they see how much they have progressed every day. So they see their progress throughout the course. So that's pretty important. I mean, a lot of platforms hide that uh, to like focus on the current the learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, current lesson or uh, like your current state. But we try to show them their progress all the time. Um, so besides that, it's really important to like um, show them their uh, activities throughout the last month, last year. So yeah. they see how much they have worked throughout uh, that season, yeah. basically. So, and uh, you probably know like Duolingo shows this. I was just thinking about Duolingo, yeah. yeah, we have that as well. <laughs> Do you guys have a mascot too, like an owl or something? <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we show them uh, how consistent they are basically. And there is also rankings, but that can be turned on and off uh, depending on the instructor's preference. Yeah. So <laughs> if they want to encourage some competition, right. so if th that is like, for instance, a competitive programming class, yeah. then most probably you want to show the rankings. But if it's something like, like more a general private, class, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit you would rude maybe. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would prefer to hide it somehow. Especially so. in today's like educational environments, I think. Um, so th there's this famous TED talk by one of the co-founders of Duolingo about, you know, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. about how like the world has become, um, I, I might be like misrepresenting exactly what he said, but like uh, the world has become like addicted to these like dopamine devices, right? And he's like, how do we do the same thing for learning? And Duolingo's entire approach is like you collect like gems and hearts and like you have a streak that you share with your friends and you show like how long it is and stuff. Um, and he sort of presents this thesis as like, that's the future of learning almost. Um, and there was also this, uh, it's like high ranking UN official uh, last year, an education uh, uh, on the topic of education. He said something like um, lectures need to be limited to 19 minutes because that's what the average attention span of a student in 2023 at the time is. And that um, modern educational tools need to mimic like what we've done to ourselves essentially <laughs> um which in some ways is a bit depressing uh but then you see things like duolingo really take off and work for a lot of people so do you see do you see tools like like platforms like this like profound academy that maybe gamify is kind of not a fair term to use to, to the extent of what you guys do but are platforms like this in your opinion just the way kids will learn moving forward like is the textbook an outdated thing yeah, the gamification is a really compelling argument and they have definitely showed that for languages it learns pretty well. So 
I'm not sure if it's gonna learn if it's gonna work the same way for like computer science or some advanced topics especially because if you're trying to teach the language it's usually pretty easy to do on the spot and like with very small uh, lessons Second, very small yeah. pieces basically yeah. but if you're trying to teach something pre-advanced like a pre-advanced algorithm or pre-advanced data structure it's gonna be more difficult to do that on mobile first and, and in five minutes in five minutes yeah. uh, or even 19 minutes yeah. that's still uh pretty challenging we try to divide the lessons into as small pieces as possible so we make sure that the if we need to teach something big we try to chunk up it as much as possible to make it uh, like a few lessons instead no. of one and um while doing that it's not just theoretical we are also like um, putting a lot of exercises and practical work into it. So what Duolingo is actually doing very well is they have a lot of practice in there. So yeah. you don't read too much or like you don't just consume. It's very interactive. So we try to keep that interactivity as well, but we don't gamify too much. So we Do you think there's a risk there of gamifying it too much? Yeah, I think so. So the problem with gamification is that if you do it too much and you reward uh, the student too much for doing something, then when you remove the reward, they will most probably not continue doing yeah. it. I think there was like an experiment for like that. rats and cocaine. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also on uh, humans as well in terms of the salary. Uh, so when they have some kind of project that they do for fun, like they say, oh, okay, yeah, I remember. So it was done on children for painting, as far as I remember. So there were two groups. The first group was um, told to do the painting just as they want, just for fun. And then the second group was told, okay, you are going to do the painting and then you will get some reward. Mm -hmm. So they did it a couple of times. And then when they removed the reward, the group they uh, that uh, was painting for the reward, they just stopped doing right. it. And the other one that was doing just for fun, they continued yeah. doing it. So it's such a great point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear you say that because um, like the things I said earlier to me, to me are super depressing. Um, like the, the fact that a high ranking UN education official says that lectures need to be limited to 19 minutes. Like think about what that means for the future of like your doctors. Do you want your future doctor to have like only been able to pay attention for 19 <laughs> minutes in like a heart surgery class? It's not like very confident inducing and it's always it's almost a way of like admitting defeat like you know we we now live in this world that's so um that's so like hyper uh how would you say it there's so many things like uh, vying for our attention that it's just impossible to get people to focus for 20 minutes on anything mentally straining is it's just such a it's such a like defeatist attitude <laughs> towards the the problem yeah i but yeah. i think there is also fun in doing something very for a pre prolonged period of time so uh, i remember there was one time when i was solving a problem like it was a really really hard problem for competitive programming and I was solving it for a couple of weeks, yeah. not even days or yeah, like or hours. hours. Yeah. It was literally weeks. Yeah. So, uh, but by the end of it, when it was actually solved, it was such a relief. It was such a joy. Yeah. And the process was pretty fun as well, because 
I learned a lot in that process and there was a lot of learnings in that one problem mm -hmm. that I need to finally like get to the final stage and solve it. So yeah. Yeah. it was pretty fun. So I think in that sense, we need to make the whole experience fun, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be like very short or very Agreed, rewarding yeah. in the meantime. So yeah. it's the same thing with like learning a unit, right? Um, like, uh, let's say, um, in one of your sections of Python is object-oriented programming. Like there are several things you learn within the unit, but the one unit might take you three weeks or a month or let's say or something. And that's the, that's a prolonged task as well that hopefully right. has the same reward effects as finishing like uh, one uh, one unit of the larger unit, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about how you guys are using AI. I remember when the GPT API, the ChatGPT API was just released, like the next day or the day after you announced that um the that the platform now has the has an ai assistant available that helps uh, students with problems they might be stuck on or things like that tell us what you guys are doing with ai on the platform oh yeah so uh we currently we solve a couple of problems but the first one was the help with their uh, bugs basically when they write code they get stuck and they don't understand what they're doing wrong the platform guides them in the right direction so it's very important to not reveal the final answer to the students mm -hmm. so the AI assistant doesn't tell them okay here's the final answer it just tells them here is you, uh, something you might have done wrong maybe look at this part of your code and mm -hmm. try to understand maybe you need to fix something over here mm -hmm. so it guides them in the right direction so that was the first uh tool that used ai in our platform and uh yeah it was right the day uh, basically we integrated chat gpt's api right the day after it was released like the api was released but that only happened because we already had the assistant not working with the ChatGPT API. We already had an AI assistant, right. which was um, working in a little bit different way using another API. And it was obviously a little bit uh, less performant than the ChatGPT's API. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they released it, we immediately integrated it right. into the platform. Right. Interesting. And have you guys done anything more in, over the last year? Oh, yeah, a lot, actually. So the well. platform became very rich in terms of the AI features. So um, and it's pretty apparent in the statistics of the platform. So we monitor that a lot. So before the AI things were uh, when we started to get into the platforms, we had a lot of um, like comments in the forums, like asking what am I, what am I doing wrong? Why is my code not working? Mm -hmm. How to fix this? I don't understand this part. So, and as soon as we integrated the AI assistant into the platform, the traffic of the forum comments like dramatically really. dropped. <laughs> so yeah. most of the questions were just answered by the AI assistant. Yeah. So besides just helping them with the uh, with their issues in the code. We also provide feedback with AI Assistant. So imagine if you've uh, solved a pretty challenging problem, most probably your code is not the most optimal one mm -hmm. out there. So you might benefit from some feedback from the AI Assistant on how to improve that code. So we provide that as well. And also for like one of the biggest releases that happened uh, pretty recently was the AI Explainer which basically explains the current topic uh, that we try to teach. So we give the um, static content that mm -hmm. we, the static class. 
That's loaded on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We give them the lesson, basically the text of what are we going to learn right now. But the lesson that is usually pre like one directional, right? So students just read the information and they try to consume it. So we try to make it interactive. So other than just the lesson and the text over there, we also have a chat where they can interact with that lesson and like ask questions and the AI assistant uh, asks them questions back. Mm -hmm. So that really improves the experience of how you learn things. So instead Sorry, of... the AI assistant asks questions back? Right, yes. Give me an example. Like what would it ask a question about and how would that be helpful? So imagine you're learning something about like Python for loops, let's say. Okay. Uh, you asked, okay, so I don't really understand how this piece... Uh, actually works how mm -hmm. this for i in range or something mm -hmm. works so it explains it in detail and then after that it asks you okay so imagine you have only two items red and blue and you don't want to use two print statements how would you oh, okay. write a program to do that with a for loop Okay, very cool. Yeah. So it like reinforces what you just learned. Yeah, yeah. and you just learn through a conversation right? and that pre- uh, changes the way that you consume information basically from the learning platform. So instead of just uh, reading the text, which some pre uh, people prefer, so that that's also mm -hmm. important, but some people prefer to do it interactively. Yeah. So like two-way conversation instead of just reading something. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's almost yeah. That's like how education started, if you think about it, right? It was all like private tutors way, way back in the day, and then we scaled it to one teacher for 30 people or 100 people in the university yeah, yeah. and there are some universities with one instructor and 1000 students yeah. in yeah. the huge auditorium <laughs> yeah, exactly there. yeah okay um i cut you off earlier you were talking about some of the other features you guys have built out uh yeah one one other thing was um so uh before this it was pretty challenging to detect uh, like spam comments or like hateful speech in in comments you basically yeah, yeah yeah so in the forum if you had some like uh, bad actors um doing some weird yeah. stuff you would either need to l use some system from google or like aws or you needed to train your whole neural network or some kind of system that detects some weird um, yeah. things over there and because we don't have that much uh, data yeah. yet we are not able to train that kind of data uh, we are not able to collect that data set and like train mm -hmm. a neural network on that so what we did is just basically uh, tell a system like chat gpt okay detect like comments that uh, students are posting solutions which is not allowed mm. uh, you should block all the comments that contain hateful speech contain irrelevant information like some links from weird places mm -hmm. uh, contain some uh, weird words and you need to do that in, in multiple languages so you need to detect it even if it's like in arabic let's say right. so and the good part is that right now that whole code basically it's like 200 lines of code maybe 100 lines of code mm -hmm. and it works pretty well and it used to be really challenging like basically two years ago yeah especially for like another language if someone on your team doesn't speak arabic you have no way of moderating it essentially right yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, that actually uh, brought us to a pretty big 
um, like um, reveal of information, let's say. <laughs> we, we just started detecting all the spam comments that were happening on the platform. And apparently there were about like 30% of the comments where students would post their solutions and then delete after that. So mm. that like some maybe classmate would copy paste that uh -huh. solution or something like that. So now all of that is completely gone. Like. Yeah. So that small, uh, I mean, it's not a huge change in terms of the whole platform, if you look at it, but that small change really uh, modifies how people behave on the platform, which is really important. Mm -hmm. Because if the students go into the platform and they start like thinking about how they would cheat and like all the different ways, how I post a yeah. comment and delete and everything, um, it just like destroys the environment of the platform. It also disincentivizes school to adopt schools to adopt your platform as a solution. Right? Yeah, because they don't they're untrusted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting like compliance thing for education that I had never thought about. <laughs> um, okay, really, that's really interesting. You said you guys are uh, playing around with uh, the idea of expanding to non-computer science domains. Tell us about what you've done with math. Oh yeah, so we were experimenting with it for a couple of months already. So, um, so the, what is the challenge of math right now? If you try to scale math, you are most probably like. <laughs> If you go back two years or three years prior to this, you would most probably scale it with multiple choices, maybe text answers, mm -hmm. and not much beyond that. So uh, you're losing on a huge chunk of math, which involves like theorem proving, yeah. uh, more involved work, like mm -hmm. showing step by step how you arrive at an answer. And that is like the most important one for like learning math. So if you- Once you get to higher levels. Yeah. yeah. So you really want the students to show how you actually arrive to the final destination, how you get the final answer. So that's pretty important. So before this, it would be pretty challenging to do that. But right now, uh, we were experimenting with a couple of things of how to make it actually possible. So right now, one of the systems, one of the approaches that seems to be pretty promising is the student can write their uh, solution as a text and then they submit it. So after that, the system goes and checks that uh, submission against the rubric that the hmm. teacher tells it. So the teacher has to provide some rubric and the teacher can also provide some examples of right and wrong uh, solutions. solutions. Yeah. So if the solution, if the teacher notices that there are a couple of submissions that pass the AI test, so the solution is actually wrong, but the AI checker is telling that it's right, mm -hmm. the teacher can actually either modify the rubric or they can provide a couple of examples to the AI system to tune it in the right direction. So here is the wrong solution. You yeah, have to yeah. tell it that this is wrong. This is the right solution. You have to tell right. this this right. right. And this seems to be working pretty good in terms of how good the AI system scales and how well it checks. So if you are willing to give it a couple of examples, let's say like three or four, it can actually check one like 2000 uh, submissions by students. Hmm in the next couple of days. So you give them a homework assignment, like let's say if you are um, the technology, uh, technological university of Munich and you have 2000 students in your class, it's it's a huge headache to check all those homeworks. Yeah. So you can basically 
outsource all that checking to the AI system. And the only thing that's left for you is to go through it and just scroll through mm -hmm. all the solutions and like the grading final outcomes and say, okay, this seems to be fine. Yeah. And that's it. So are you guys piloting this anywhere? <laughs> yeah. It's currently, I, I wouldn't say too internal because all the schools and universities that use our platform mm -hmm. can already use it. So, uh, yeah, they can already try automating some of their like math or right. theorem proving stuff right. and see how it works. And once you can do it for math, then you can do it for physics and, and like, it, it might look different, but if you can, if you have a system that can check like theorem proofs and stuff, then it's easy to apply that to chemistry as well. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. If you solve it for math, I think you all the STEM for, will be solved. Yeah. Like everything, everything stems from math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you see you guys playing a role that's different than like what the Khan Academies of the world have done? Because they've also built a really interactive digital platform that covers math from the very basic arithmetic all the way to like differential equations or, or something. Yeah, I think in that sense of uh, the content, we are pretty similar to Khan Academy or like Brilliant.org mm -hmm. or any of the platforms that provide the content. But we want to make sure that the schools and universities can tune everything to their needs. So mm. most of the, yeah, yeah, most of the schools and universities, and especially professors that have like strong opinions, they want to customize it to their needs and like really tune it. So we make sure to provide all of that functionality and the content and all the automating mm -hmm. stuff that all the tooling that we provide to the schools and universities so yeah. that component i think is extremely valuable because I, I remember when i was in university um like for example for calculus class yes there's khan academy mm -hmm. khan academy has calculus but there's this other platform called clutch prep i don't know if you've heard of it or not but mm -hmm. they customize it based on textbook which like so like the textbook that my professor was using i could get lessons specialized for that and that level of customization that level of like personalization to me was much more valuable than digging through a large platform like Khan Academy and trying to find the exact thing that I was looking for. So this is even greater because it's not at the textbook level, but it's at the like um, curriculum level of a specific institution. Yeah, so yeah. There's tremendous value there. So yeah. each university and each professor can actually tune everything to their yeah. like wants and needs. Yeah. So yeah. that makes a big difference, especially for fields in like computer science, because it's pretty new in the sense of like a lot of things are changing pretty often, pretty, pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. So professors usually uh, want to either stay with the current thing that they, they're teaching or move pretty fast with the industry yeah. and like uh, teach the new thing. So for instance, there are a lot of universities that currently teach Java as their introductory course to computer science. There are some universities who teach Python and others uh, are teaching Rust, let's say. Right. So, although I don't know anyone who's like teaching C, Rust right, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but so like all of those can be like really challenging if you are targeting to create a one solution that will fit all. But if you provide customizability yeah. and they can tune everything to their needs, you can basically provide the platform and they will know what to do with it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, is it super difficult to sell to universities? 
to the big ones especially yeah a lot uh, of red tape and bureaucracy <laughs> that cut the yeah. Right yeah. yeah especially with the bureaucracy stuff it's uh yeah it takes a lot of time but if you come uh with the understanding that it's gonna take a lot of time yeah. you're actually a little bit prepared so that's yeah. that's normal <laughs> but a professor can never adopt it themselves right like the Typically, the the institution has to approve it. Or? Yeah, if it's a pilot, we let the professors try it out and see if it's actually something useful for them. So, but if we start a real partnership, then the whole university should like adapt it and like we need to start a collaboration with the university, not just right, professors. not just because uh, it's too hard at the individual professor yeah. level. Yeah. Um, we actually at the beginning, so we started uh, like trying to sell from like bottom up so we would try to convince a lot of professors or like lecturers to start using the platform and then we noticed that they would love it they would start using it but if the like the top people they found out <laughs> yeah uh, well actually uh, the top people if they don't want to use the platform then it's never going to happen right. so the right way seems to be at, at least for now uh, seems to be work like uh, the thing that's working right now is like top to bottom because usually professors are on board and they want to use it and the students are also loving it. So the most challenging part is like convincing the universities and uh, like the top people that make the decisions at schools to yeah. adopt it. Yeah. Interesting. Can you tell us how many um, institutions you're in now? Yeah. So in Armenia right now, there are 17 high schools wow. that use the platform. Like uh, I want to be clear. So 16 out of those are... Uh, in partnership with Fast Foundation, okay. there is a program called Generation AI, AI yeah. where they teach computer science and the basics of machine learning, artificial intelligence in high schools, and they have like plans to expand it to universities and. So after. the Generation AI program is being done through Profound Academy. Yeah, very cool. Currently, yeah. the students in regions and also in Yerevan learn through Profound Academy the basics of Python. Next next year they will learn the basics of machine learning mm -hmm. and then we will see how far we go. Yeah, very so cool. uh, other than that we have a couple of universities that we're doing a pilot and like um, one university, one college and one high school in India that we're like right now doing a um, like talks and mm -hmm. pilot with. So let's see how this goes. Yeah. That's really, and all that in one year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, the last year was pretty interesting in terms of like the uh, progress this uh -huh. had, because uh, before that we were like really focusing on B2C business model. We were trying to make it work. So that was one of your first concees, I think. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, when I saw the AI system, I was really curious to try it out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So we were trying to like target uh, learners, basically become a competitor of Brilliant.org yeah. or, um, yeah, Brilliant.org, but in the space of computer science, mm -hmm. but then realized that we would reach a lot more students and we would provide way more value if we partner with universities and schools. Yeah. And that would be a way better and more scalable business model. So in terms of the business, it would be really hard to like do the tutoring yourself mm -hmm. and also develop the platform, develop the uh, curriculum and everything. So if you're doing the tutoring, that's a whole another like 
world in there because you need to like do the scheduling, do all this CRM stuff with your yeah. uh, customers, your students. So that's going to be really challenging. You've been tutoring like as in individual tutors also using the platform for their private students. Oh, not really. We were trying to um, do the tutoring classes uh, like group tutoring ah, sessions okay. for our students. I see, I see. So we yeah. were selling tutoring, basically. I see, yeah. That's um, much harder to scale. Oh, yeah. that was really hard to scale, yeah. especially when you come to the uh, scheduling part of, like, which hours are okay for the tutors and mm -hmm. which hours are okay for students. Yeah. And sometimes there are, those are completely different and the hours sometimes change. It's yeah. not cost, constant. Yeah. So it becomes really hard to, like, manage that. And... Um, I think we, we, we were pretty lucky to realize that that would be a really difficult business model to scale. So we pivoted to a completely different thing mm -hmm. where we help a lot more students and basically by helping and educational institutions to use the yeah. platform, we help a lot more students to get really good computer science knowledge. It's also interesting that like... So Profound Profound Academy has its has its way that it differentiates itself from other platforms, but um, this kind of like tech augmented education has existed for at least like ten years now, more probably, with the, with the advent of Khan Academy and then things like Duolingo and stuff. But um, when you do it at the consumer level, um, you're reliant on the cons if you want to have an impact, right? <laughs> uh, you're reliant on the consumer's ability to like stick to it. Which, frankly, like, is hard once you're older, like, life gets in the way, it's never a priority, there are other things, it's not like your job. Um, but at the at the institutional level, you, they have to do it, because they're enrolled students, right? In high school, even more so, and then in university and stuff. So bringing, bringing the tech to that um, layer is probably much more impactful in the long run. Um, because if, if, the, if, the, if, the, if it's actually a better way to learn, then it should be done in the primary learning uh, time, like in institutions, yeah. and not just as like the, the people who pick it up as a hobby and want to extend their streak. Right? Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, so when we started doing it, so at first we were just doing the software, we weren't doing the tutoring part. So, and then we realized that if we want to have a low dropout rate, which is how many students actually yeah. finish your course instead of like um, leaving it halfway yeah. through. So we realized that there has to be some human touch to it. So there is more accountability yeah. with a tutor. There is more question answering yeah. with a tutor. There is a lot more things happening when there is a real person in front of you. So that's why we started doing the tutoring sessions. Mm -hmm. And that actually helped improve the completion rate. But in the end, it would be like really um, a hard challenge to scale all that. Yeah. So if we can uh, bring the universities to the platform and help them that way, that would be like really, really beneficial, I think, for everyone. No, for sure. Last question. Where do you hope to see Profound in five years? Oh, um, really good question. <laughs> I hope that we would start doing a lot more collaborations with a lot more both schools and universities. And I hope that we will finally be able to crack that STEM education and we would go into the STEM field as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that those like two major things, partnering with a lot more universities and schools and expanding to STEM would mm -hmm. be the major two goals. I said last question, but another one sure. came up. So um, 
What is it about outside of STEM that makes it uh, hard to expand to? Like, why not literature or, I don't know, um, something else? Is it just the, like, they require less interactivity? I'm not sure, to be honest. So if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be able to, like answer that through my experience mm. because I'm not You're that great yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not that great in like history or like linguistics or any of those but I think if you would try to learn history for instance you could make it work with some interactive platform like let's say instead of like just memorizing some uh, dates or mm -hmm. like some events you would try to make it into a debate or something like mm -hmm. that but the de debate wouldn't be with the student be it would be with an ai let's say it sounds like a science fiction but i think it's yeah. doable yeah so if you can convince the AI that your point of view is right or like you bring enough evidence from right. the uh, history material that you are provided with, I think you can learn a lot like yeah. that. And that can actually work. That, I, I never thought about that. It's super interesting. But I can also imagine just what a headache the, the politics of that would be. Um, like convincing, presenting an AI that tells you to argue, you're trying to argue some point of view and quote unquote convince the AI that you're right. But then, like, who determines what is right and what historical point of view and things like that? Especially yeah. when you then think of integrating that into a school board system or, like, a, an institution that has, like, strict protocols and committees. And I think you just stick to stuff yeah. for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. STEM yeah. is better for now. <laughs> but that's really, really interesting. And um, probably something we will we'll see, like, in the coming years, I imagine. Because uh, it, it, it won't... It won't it won't AI education won't stick to just STEM. It'll definitely like infiltrate like all the Oh yeah, for sure. I mean yeah. there are already some tools that do creative writing checking, for instance. So if you submit some essay yeah. and there is some rubric that the AI system can follow, then they grade it pretty accurately. Yeah. So in terms of like the automation of how teachers grade yeah. their homeworks and stuff like that, I think that is already possible. But like if you if we're thinking of some new paradigm of how to learn yeah. non-STEM fields, it's like a wild world. Wild, wild west, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Martin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was amazing. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye.